Yes, our man Sebi Salazar is still with the Little League World Series, but don't fret, the DP is back. Mao, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, again, like we said on Thursday, I always think of Sebi as a big leaguer. Right. He is our very own big leaguer, bro. He's doing an amazing <laughs> job, as always, in Williamsport. Um, plenty to talk about. This is an important week, Herc. The game is finally here. Major League Soccer stars versus Liga MX stars. And we have a fantastic guest today. I believe he's a friend of yours, isn't he? Oh, yeah. He's a friend. Uh, you know who it is? I know who he is. It's uh, the best goalkeeper in Liga MX over the last 10 years. It's Nahuel Guzman. El Paton Guzman. El Paton. Will join us a little bit later on the show. Um, remember, you can also download... Football America's podcast is dropping tomorrow, so make sure to check it out as well. But let's get started, because there's a a bit of a head-scratch for U.S. men's national team coach Greg Berhalter with recent news. Christian Pulisic uh, tested positive for COVID-19. He posted on Instagram he has no symptoms, is fully vaccinated, but, but per government protocols, he has to be isolated for 10 days. He missed the game against Arsenal. Chelsea, by the way, by, by the way won that game easily. And Jazzy Sardis, also out. Columbus Crew confirmed he has a soft tissue injury and will be sidelined between two and four weeks. The CONCACAF octagonal kicks off September 2nd. The U.S. men's national team We'll play at El Salvador, then hosting Canada, and then visiting Honduras. Herc, how big of a loss is this for the team? It's a huge loss. Let me start off with Giassi really quickly. Yep. I'll get him out of the way before we talk about Christian. But Giassi, regardless of, of what you think about Giassi, whether it's a sloppy touch, whether he's MLS and then what is attached there, uh, he's the most productive nine. It's that simple. He's your most productive nine in a pool of nines that's not been very productive. Nobody has really stood out from the rest of the pack. So this one's going to hurt because Greg gave him a lot of chances. And he's played a lot during, with Greg. So you know that Greg values and trusts him. Now, Christian Pulisic is the face of the U.S. men's national team. Christian Pulisic is coming off a career year where he won the Champions League, where he won the Supercopa, where he's scoring goals coming off the bench or starting, where he's been a productive player. The CONCACAF Nations League versus Mexico, where he also scored a goal. It's a career year for him. And to have this happen right now, right before qualifiers, and we don't know the timeline. Exactly. We don't know if he'll be available That's for that first game. We don't know what the capacity of that will be. So this is a huge impact. It impacts the way you can play. It impacts maybe the morale of the team. Now knowing that your best player won't be there, a leader on this team, a captain on this team. So yeah, it's a huge impact. So let's let's just remember this. Each international break will consist of three games. Correct. And rosters can be can, can consist up to 25 players, right? So you do have some options. And let's let's focus on Christian Pulisic and just let's try to uh, picture the, the next scenario. If he's not available, then who's up next? Who takes his place? That has to be next man up, correct? Uh, and it's a very inexperienced or international player in Brendan Aronson. But Brendan Aronson has been so good for you lately. Brendan Aronson has been good in whatever competition you play him in. He's 20 years of age. He's already got three goals, three assists on the U.S. men's national team. He's scoring goals as of late versus Barcelona in Champions League qualifying. He seems to be in a good moment, and he seems to be a player that's not phased by the moments. Productive 
anywhere you put him on the field. And he's a guy that can come in for Christian and do a good job in a very difficult element because you gotta remember, you're playing two of the three games yeah. away. And he seems like a player that doesn't mind rolling up his sleeves, but has the technicality, has the technical savvy, has the attributes to where there's a, a chance, a, a possibility in front of the net. You feel confident about him putting that away. Okay, so I wanna ask you this question as well, because with Christian Pulisic, he gives you many options. He's obviously a goal scorer, but you can play him from the wings as well. Yeah. So, what do you think Greg Berhalter's best option is just in terms of if Christian Pulisic is not around, if he's not available, is he missing his goal scorer? Is he missing a facilitator, a Everything. goal creator? Everything. So it's not, it's just not a clear cut answer. Oh yeah, this guy subs in if Pulisic is missing out. So you mentioned Aronson. Is there someone else you want to add to that list? Well, you can add a Gio Reyna moving centrally. That's right. what you could do. And then you could put Brendan Aronson there. But it's got to be by committee. You're going to have to share that load. Nobody can do really what Christian Pulisic can do. Nobody can offer all the certain facets of his game like Christian Pulisic. So it has to be by committee. But the U.S. men's national team doesn't have that global superstar. Mm -hmm. Very rarely do countries have that global superstar, that Messi, that Ronaldo, that, that, that Lukaku that you know will change games by himself. So it's going to be by committee anyways. And especially if the two of the three games are on the road, are away in hostile confines. One of the good things for the U.S. men's national team is that first game in El Salvador, because of the COVID protocols, there are actually going to be no fans in that stadium. So that could be a big plus to, for a lot of these players who haven't played in that type of setting. Okay, so let's go to the games. And let me take out my calculator. I have a calculator right here. Um, let's just, again, bring this scenario. No Pulisic around yeah. for the U.S. men's national team. How many points can I pencil the team in for those three games? Without seeing... Four Six. Without seeing what is the 25-man roster. Yeah. Is that what they're going to do, 25 men? 25 men. Okay, without seeing the 25-man roster, I would say six points would be great. Anything above six, six, above six points would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, that should be the goal because you assume in El Salvador with no crowd against a team that's under remake, even though they've been very good under Hugo Perez, you can win. It's a very winnable game. But then you're going to go play in Honduras. And I've seen with my own eyes European players like Timmy Chander melt under the Honduran sun. I've seen how difficult it could be playing in those conditions with the fan base right on top of you, with the grass coming to your knees. It's not an easy place to play. So let's assume you drop points there. You drop it and you don't win. Canada, and always the first game is tough, right? Yes. Always the first game yes. is a little questionable for Canada, so many reasons. Canada in Nashville, Canada is my dark horse in the octagonal. They're yeah. such a very good team. They can really cause some problems. We've seen how good they can be. This Gold Cup before, the, the, the good players they have. Imagine if they have Alfonso Davies. Imagine if they have, if they have uh, uh, Jonathan well. David. Buchanan, you know, Cavallini, uh, Kyle, uh, Kyle Laren, the list goes on and on. They're going to be a very difficult yeah. team to handle. But that's a I W. Can also but see, that's a W. I can, well, that, that should if this be a team w. Wins, if, Well, the should and could. I mean, you should be in a World Cup. You weren't. <laughs> if the national team, the U.S. men's national team goes 1-1-1 one, one, and one with yeah. four points, oh, that's terrible, right? But I'm not completely surprised. Okay. That's the issue here. Okay, so I like the six-point prediction. I think it should be six points at least. You can drop a game. If you drop a game either in Honduras or El Salvador, it happens to everyone. Just go back and ask Mexico how many points they have dropped. Or when was the last time? They won under Juan Carlos Osorio. Right. But before After that, it was years, like, right? yeah, yeah, like 16 years without winning there. Uh, hopefully, Christian Pulisic will be 
in good condition to come and play. Uh, now, let's go back to France. Very, very disturbing scenes uh, at a game between Nice and Olympique Marseille. Uh, actual Conrad de la Torre, er, uh, Puente. De la Fuente, sorry, earned a corner kick. And look at what happened to Dimitri Payet. A fan threw a bottle at him. He throws it back at the stands. And then, Herc, is just chaos. Fights all over the place. Fans uh, into the pitch. Security guards unable to control the situation. The game had to be first postponed, but Ligue 1 wanted and actually ordered the game to resume. Olympique Marseille, and rightfully so, they said there are no guarantees. Our safety is not guaranteed, so they forfeited the match. When you see these scenes, and let's not forget, this is the league that is going to attract a lot of new fans because Lionel Messi plays for Paris, for Paris Saint-Germain. This is Jorge Sampaoli, Olympique de Marseille manager. What do you make of what happened uh, yesterday in France? So Conrad, Conrad de la Fuente actually won that corner. And I think this, did, yeah. this all is his fault because yes. he's so good at skinning people <laughs> and earning things in the final third. Uh, this is what Conrad does, speaking honestly and seriously. Um, I just, about a week ago, come off seeing that Netflix special, Untold, The Malice in the Palace. And for those fans that don't know that you're too young, in the early 2000s, Detroit played the Pacers in an NBA game, and a fan launched a drink at Ron Artest, a basketball player, and then this player went into the stands, and a full-fledged fight broke out. The same thing here happened. It could have been much worse. The capacity at that stadium is like 36,000. Mm -hmm. How do you control 36,000 people trying to come onto the field? You saw... Very little security there. Yeah. You saw the security guards trying to do what they could, but there were still fans and players having altercations. Now, if you follow us on social media, you've seen the photos, the images of the Olympique players who were pretty badly injured. Yeah. I mean, it was drinks, Dozy, it was, it was punches, it was, it was kicks, it right. was other material thrown at them. And this isn't the first time it's happened. These ultras are out of control and they should they should be in some shape, way, or form reprimanded. So when we ask the question, who's at fault? Obviously, there's a lot of people who have a responsibility when something like this happens. But the fact that a fan was able to throw a bottle at a player and then a group of fans storming the pitch, obviously security has to be at fault for not being able to, to control that. But then we also saw what happened with Olympique Marseille coaching staff, not only Jorge right. Sampaoli, instead of trying to control things, to, to calm players down, they were still trying to fight either fans or players from Nice. So heavy punishments are on their way because there has, there has to be, someone has to be made an example of what happened. We cannot see those scenes. And we, we've seen it in soccer We've seen it in basketball. We've seen yeah. it in baseball. Now that the fans returned to the stadiums, there's something going on, but that needs to be under control. You can't be an idiot. If you're a fan, just don't be an idiot. I go back to this, to this uh, Netflix, uh, you know, Malice in the Palace. Is they should have prosecuted that fan. This all starts because the fan assaults a player. Now, once the fans are in the court or on the field, these players go into survival mode. You're just seeing this chaos go around. You have no idea what's going to happen. You think you're fighting for your life type of thing. It's terrible. I agree. Terrible scenes. But you have to put the onus on security, yeah. on the fans. These players, if you want to find them, fine. I'm sure they will take the fine over something really bad happening. Yeah, in any case, it's bad. Just Again, let's just remember, Lionel Messi, uh, one of the most important players in history, is going to be a part of this league very, very soon. 
Let's run it back. We have good action coming out of uh, German's third division. This is Terence Boyd for Hallische FC. Look at the moves and then the finish for the game winner. You know, Terence is still a very young guy. I love the celebration, a little tattoo celebration, a la Pulisic. Uh, he's a young guy trying to get back get healthy, lots of knee injuries. He was with me in the national team, good guy, and I'm glad to see him still scoring goals. Yeah, good move by the way. See that? Going to his left, and then with a great finish in Germany. Uh, Mexicanos in action. Good news. Chucky Lozano made his season debut, came coming off the bench, played 20 minutes. He looked good, Herc, after his head injury during the Gold Cup. Yeah, that, that very bad neck injury also nasty cut above his right eye uh, and he was involved in this goal look at him driving down the the heart of the attack and then right here fortunate yes but still involved still very dangerous very vertical this is what he does he causes danger yeah look quick uh again only 20 minutes but the timeline was actually uh better than we thought it was going to be yeah, after we saw that very very had uh collision during the gold cup so good news for chucky lozano also good news for El Lobo Mexicano, Raul Jimenez, completed another 90 minutes. Wolves are not doing well, and Raul actually missed a couple of chances, but the good news is he's looking healthy, and it's looking high, like he's gonna be called up by Tata Martino for the World Cup qualifiers. A few reports out of Mexico that he will be called up for the next qualifiers, uh, the World Cup qualifiers. Raul Jimenez looks healthier every time we see him. And we're not the only ones who think that. We're not the only ones who are happy to see him back. Uh, rubber plant. Oh, it's just the, the lead vocal for the best rock and roll band in the world in history, Led Zeppelin, back at last. If I'm Raul Jimenez, I'm framing that tweet and that goes straight <laughs> to my living room. Good to see the shout out. And also, back in action, also making his season debut, Tecatito Corona. Caught between rumors of a transfer first to Sevilla and now to AC Milan. Finally played 20 minutes at the 1-1 draw. Porto at Maritimos. Look at that pitch. Not, not in, the, in the best condition, but again, uh, still some days to go in the transfer window. Not completely sure if Tecatito will no, be a Porto player by the end of he's, it. He's caught in a very difficult position. That man right there, Sergio de Conceição, his coach, not happy that they can't use him. Not happy that they're trying to sell him. Here's the thing. He's 29 years old and they're asking for 13 million. And so far, not a lot of takers. A lot of rumors, but not a lot of takers. And that AC Milan rumor seems like it's coming from Tecatito's agent than an actual interest by AC Milan. So uh, going back to national team play and the upcoming qualifiers, that is the Tridente. Yeah. Los tres grandes, Tecatito, Chucky, and Raúl. Do you expect them to start against first game versus Jamaica? You know, this is this is funny because um, a, a couple weeks ago, our producer Beto brought up the possibility of Raúl being called up, and Sebastian and I were like, "No, you're crazy. There's no way he called up. Have you seen him in the preseason?" Never call a producer crazy, please. Well, never again. Never, never. Lesson learned. But, but, Lesson learned. But. But he ended up being right. Now we're hearing reports of him being called up. And now we're talking about, will he start? If you're Tata Martino, think about the three games you have. You've got Jamaica at home. Then you're going away to, what is it? You're going away to... Um... It's uh, Jamaica at home, right? Yes. And then they're playing Canada at home, right? Thank you, yes. So those, by the way, the game against Jamaica, no Closed door. fans... At Estadio Azteca. Costa Rica away. There Costa we go. Rica so you're away. going Jamaica at home, and you're thinking, closed doors, 
it's going to be easier for him. Maybe the altitude will cost him, but I don't want to start him in his first time in Costa Rica. Hostile environment, very difficult game. And then I don't want to play him the next game because I may Panama. need points. So if it's Panama, I may need those points. I may need a result. I don't want to put the onus of him. So the safest game for him to play is the first game. And you know everybody wants to see Raul Jimenez. Tata Martino will be under so much pressure to put Raul Jimenez in in that starting lineup because he's playing in the Premier League, because of the level he was at before that unfortunate accident back in November uh, with David Luis. So I expect them to play, yes, and I expect them to start the first game. I expect Raul at least to start uh, for one main reason. Again, the number nine position. Rogelio Funes Mori looked okay. Was he decisive? Was he clinical? No, he was not. And you can have a player not being clinical, not being at his best during Nations League or during Gold Cup. You cannot allow yourself to start slow at the CONCACAF octagonal. So you need your best players or you need your players in best form, best shape. I do wonder about Raul Jimenez because head injuries, going to Mexico City's altitude, the long travel, it's never easy. But again, it's also a tough decision for Tata Martino. He's going to want those three points very bad. And that is his best number nine. Do you remember 2014 under Andrew De La Torre? Chepo, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember who they started off the qualification process was, versus? Was, was it Jamaica as well? It was Jamaica. Yeah. And that was a very complicated process. It was a tie. Chepo De La Torre ended up losing his job. By the way, remember who guaranteed a spot for Mexico before the Graham Zuzi goal? Raul Jimenez with that bicycle kick Costa Rica. against Panama. Was it Panama? Panama at oh, yes. Estadio Azteca. That's right. uh, but yeah, also question mark with Tecatito Corona because of his future. It wouldn't be the first time that he misses action, deciding his future, staying home and trying to figure out his future. It happened to him four years ago. Hopefully history won't repeat itself and uh, Tecatito Corona will be available for the Mexican national uh, team. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Let's go back to CONCACAF, Liga MX, and specifically Chivas and Rayados de Monterrey. Week 6, scoreless draw between Monterrey and Chivas. But Herc, the big topic, Victor Manuel Bucetich. Is his job in jeopardy? Third game in a row, Chivas not scoring. Fourth game in a row not winning a game they've only won one game this season against Juarez and you know how terrible Juarez has been this season oh yeah they've only scored four goals going forward very little creativity it's a team that's supposed to be a gigante in Mexico un equipo grande but they don't play like that and and should we be surprised look at the last four years full seasons they've not finished higher than seventh place normally on the outside looking in I say full seasons because when the pandemic started Ten games into the season, they were fifth place, and then they stopped the season. They still had seven games to go, so yeah. we don't know how it would have ended up. But normally, they're on the outside looking in, and the best they finished in four years is seventh place. So this is who they are. This is this is Chivas in a nutshell, and if it's not going to be Ricardo Pelaez, because he's certainly not going to leave before Bucetich, it's going to be Victor Manuel Bucetich. 
And my, my, my campaign, my hashtag, Vergara Vende a Chivas. I'm Audi Vergara, the owner, please sell Chivas. It's, uh, it's not going anywhere. I'm not getting any support, not even by her. So, no. here's the question. If his time is up at Chivas, let's remember, international breaks are actually good time. Not saying it's good time for someone to lose his job, but for clubs, if they want to make a change, this is actually when things do happen. This is what happened last time. This is what happened last time, exactly. And uh, there are some reports by our ESPN reporters in Guadalajara. Jimmy Lozano, the manager at the Olympic Games for the, for the Mexican team, He's in line for that job. So who should be the next manager if Buse actually loses his place? You could do much worse than Jaime Lozano, Jaime and Jimmy Lozano. Jimmy Lozano is a very young coach. And we talk about Mexican football and how they don't give these young Mexican coaches a chance, how they're always stale. They, they go back and recycle and refilter the same coaches on and on and on, and they don't give these guys a chance. Well. Give him a chance if that's it. He's a guy right now with a lot of credit, a lot had of a equity. Time at Querétaro already. Very brief time. Yeah. Four years ago at Querétaro, he had 30, about a little 35, 36 games at Querétaro. It didn't go that well. He was first-time coach. Four years later, he's got a lot of equity built up for what he did with that national team. By the way, Uriel Antuna, he was there. Alexis Vega, he was the best player yeah. for Mexico at the Olympics. They're at Chiefs. El Nene Beltran. El Nene Beltran. Beltran. Yeah. Cervantes, he's got, he's got a young core of players that he can build, that he can mold. And we know what to expect of Chivas because of the limitations on them. They only use Mexican players. Yep. It's a different market for them. Jaime Lozano understands this. Jaime Lozano gives these young players a chance, and it's a very attractive brand for the fans. So you could do worse than Jaime Lozano. Let me stop you right there. Because I, I agree, Chivas should look into Jaime Lozano to be their new manager. He's, he's, he's the hot manager right now. He actually quit the national team looking for a better opportunity. Now, here's my question for you, Hercules Gomez. Is this actually a good opportunity for Jimmy Lozano? Is Chivas <laughs> attractive enough for a manager this hot? Because if, if it's not Chivas, oh, if, the, if it's... It's not going to happen with Cruz Azul or America, but he can actually just relax, sit down, and just balance his options. Is Chivas really a good option for Jaime Lozano and his future? It feels like a trap situation for him, right? But better or worst, you take it if you're Jaime Lozano because of the risk-reward. Let's say it doesn't go well. Well, you're like one of the last six. Who's done well, right? It Who's hasn't gone well? well. But if it does, all you need to do is have it go well for you once, and you're legendary at Chivas, a massive club. Look at Pelado Almeida. Look at Matias Almeida right now, who's with San Jose. He had more bad seasons than good seasons. Yeah. But he left us a lasting impression because who he was and what they did win in that time. He's a legend at Chivas. That could be Jaime Lozano. And Jaime Lozano's got so much upside right now. The risk-reward is in his favor. Better or worse, I do this if I'm Jaime Lozano. Um, there was also another report by one of our ESPN reporters that the reason, one of the reasons why Jimmy Lozano uh, decided not to coach anymore at the under-23 level was he was looking for an opportunity similar to what happened to Nacho Ambriz in a second division club in Spain. Uh, so here's my other question for you. What's more attractive, to coach in Spain's second division or be the new manager of Chivas? I don't know if the question is attractive, but more important okay. for him, probably second division, because if you do well there, the jump is 
is higher. You, the, the reach, you cast your net in a different way than if you do well at Chivas. You do well at Chivas, you're a big fish in a small pond. You do well there, all of a sudden, you're in the sea. You're in the big wide ocean and the possibilities are endless. And I'm sure that's what he wants to do. That's the great thing about this new generation of not only Mexican players, but these young Mexican coaches who want to test themselves at the highest of levels. Yeah, so we'll see what happens at Chivas. Again, international break coming up. That might be the end for El Buse, Victor Manuel Bucetich. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Major League Soccer action, the way we do it at Football Americas, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Bob Letito, hey, four-game winning streak with Javi Lozano looking from the Swede, and another victory for Atlanta. You call Rob Bob? Your, your homie's with them right there, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Bobby. I, I, I like calling him Bobby, uh, Bobby Valentino. Eight games in charge, and the confidence was key of what he changed. A terribly run team. He had players praying with freedom. He brought the swagger back to Atlanta. Uh, Barco and Moreno, your big players, responding like big players. Barco, by the way, playing like I've probably never seen him. Joseph Martinez got angry, and you That's let him. You let the tiger out of the cage. Four goals under you. It's a different Atlanta team. And if I'm Gonzalo Pineda, I'm sending this man a case of beer. Oh, yeah, at least. So Gabby Haynes, it was a problem, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> clear. Uh, the bad. Houston Dynamo, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Winless streak now up to 14 games. Last in the standings, Western Conference standings, only 19 points. It's not looking great for Tap Ramos' team. I mean, the crazy thing is they've tied 10 times this season. Yeah. 10 ties. Uh, you can tell how bad a team is, not only by the record and the winning streak, but look at the DP situation, designated player situation. They've got a guy named Teenage Hadebe, a central defender from Zimbabwe who's reportedly earning more than a million dollars a season. If you spend over a million dollars a season on a defender major league soccer, you are crazy. And where is Darwin Quintero, your other DP? Where who? is he? Who? Who? 189 minutes he's played. The ugly LAFC, they lose again. I don't know if the, if the uglier is the fact that Carlos Vela left the game early. Another injury at the 16th minute mark. Wow, I, yeah, lose again. They're winless and now seven. Here's the worst part. They've dropped points in eight home games this year. Bank of California, and you know this, you know this, uh, Mauricio, because you're from here in Los Angeles, you've done plenty of games. It used to be a fortress. It used to be a place where yep. it's very difficult to get results if you were an op opponent. It's not like that anymore. You have to ask what is going on? Why is it gone from bad to ugly in Los Angeles? Yeah, so is it a roster thing? Because there have been many, many, many roster changes recently. Players coming and going. Or, or... Is it Bob Bradley? Yeah. Is it time to consider that Bob Bradley is in the hot seat? Now, let me tell you why the production and Mauricio look that this way when they ask the question. They know I have a soft spot for Bob Bradley because of the respect I have for Bob Bradley, sure. being coached by Bob Bradley. In a proper footballing culture, this wouldn't be a question. Bob Bradley would most likely be gone. But 
we're not in a proper footballing culture. We're in Major League Soccer. And in Major League Soccer, we're at the halfway mark. And nobody loses or gets fired at the halfway mark with that resume. And that's a reality. Now, beyond the coaching, I ask myself, and you brought this up, the roster. Yeah. What is going on that your pillars, your strength, the players should be mainstays, never stay. They end up leaving. We can go back and look at the list of Beta Shores, uh, of, of Z- Walker Zimmermans, of the goalie situation, of Laurent Simon, who was your captain, of players who have been there like Benny Fowler, however, Lee Wynn, and the list goes on and on and on. Mark Anthony Key now. Mark yeah. Anthony Key, you think you should be building around these players, and it's not. So I ask, what is going on in LAFC? What is going on with John Thorrington, Bob Bradley, the coaching staff, where these players aren't staying? Yep. That's what I want to know. And there were also some executives leaving the club. So it's at, at every single level in the stability right now. And it's weird because this, this seemed like everything you wanted from a new club, right? Good ownership, good management, great coach, fantastic players. Yeah. But somehow, things are not clicking right now. Um, I, wonder, I wonder what our good friend Sebastian Salazar, what, what his answer would be to this question. Is Bob Bradley on the hot seat? What do you think? Should he be on the hot seat? Well, I just answered in a proper footballing culture, yeah, he should, should be, be on the hot seat. Here, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. He's got the resume. He's got the equity built up for what they've done in Los Angeles in yep. their brief history. And they are, with a game in hand, three points out of that playoff line. It's the midway point. And trust me, I've been in a Seattle Sounders side who was nowhere near that playoff line at the midway point, who did fire their coach and got to see a season turn around. Now, I think Bob Bradley can still turn around this season because of his resume, but you have to ask yourself at some point as well, what does Bob Bradley get out of this? Like, why does he want to continue down this road? Now, I agree with what you just said. I believe he can do it. Because the other questions we have to ask ourselves is, okay, if Bob Bradley is not able to do it, then who is, right? right? If you're going to fire someone, it means that you have a better option waiting a chance. Who, who's that manager? I don't think we have an answer for that. All right, um, in case you missed it, speaking of teams in, uh, in a good streak, what about Inter Miami? Inter Miami, again, winning at home for the fourth game in a row. By the way, Rodolfo Pizarro is looking like the best version of himself scoring twice. The smile is back. The Joker is back. The Joker is back. He's looking like that talented player that brought him to oh, Miami. Oh, and what a time. So Just named an MLS All-Star. Also, great timing because guess what's around the corner for Um, World Cup qualifiers? There you go. What a time. Uh, good assist by Pipiti Wain. And we'll see the reaction from David Beckham a little later on. This is a fantastic, fantastic play. Keep an eye on Robbie Robinson just called up by the Chilean national team. Yes, sir. Dual national alert. Dual national alert. Think yes, people sir. are going to go crazy. And now look at this run by Pizarro. He looks fit. He looks fast. He's in good shape. Nice finish. And then I don't know if we'll see David Beckham's reaction, but he was he was fired up. Well, I think we'll, we'll take a look a little bit later on the show. Orlando City playing Inter-Miami this Friday on ESPN and ESPN Deportes. Still part of Rivalry Week. But before that, Columbus Crew versus Cincinnati. Uh, who's calling that game on ESPN Deportes, Kirk? Is that us? I think that's us. <laughs> we'll get <to> know. <laughs> All right. We'll be in the goal for that game. I think. Hercules Gomez just found out. <gasps> Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. 
If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's here, ladies and gentlemen. MLS All-Star Game. Let's start with the not great news. Andre Pierre Gignac, and now it's official to ask today. Chicharito, Carlos Vela, they are out. Carlos Gil is also out. Buchanan is out, which is obviously a bummer because we were we were looking forward to Tuesday and Wednesday, Herc. Yeah, everybody but Buchanan due to injury, yeah. uh, which makes me wonder... You can't. Where's he at? Yep. He's gone. He gone. He gone. He's gonna be sold. Uh, that's confirmation. Good for right him. Andre Pierre Gignac, Chicharito, Carlos Vela, and Gil. What is going on? Where are all the stars? Where are all the players at? Um, I, I I told you during Ahora o Nunca on ESPN Deportes, uh, Major League Soccer is still in good time to change the name of the game from MLS All Stars to MLS Very Good Players versus Liga MX. Very good players because star power is actually lacking from this game. Wow, it's, it's got to be the Liga MX versus MLS starring players. <laughs> starring, players. starring these players. Exactly. Because uh, it, Major League Soccer used to be Mauricio. It used to be big in name. If anything, it was big in name. Not too long ago, you had Slatan. Not too long ago, you had Frank Lampard. You had Andrea Pirlo. You had Thierry Henry. Kaká. Kaká. The list would go on and on and on. And through its history, Yorkaev, Lothar Mateas, it would go on and on. Global, global stars. Valderrama, global stars. And now, all of a sudden, we're finding ourselves in a moment where, where's the star power? Where has it gone? And maybe that's a good thing. But for an MLS All-Star game, there you're touting against Liga MX All-Stars. Where are the Liga MX All-Stars? Where are the star yep. power at this game? If I'm going to spend hundreds of dollars, because that's what ticket costs are, that's what it's going to cost if you want a ticket at the beautiful Bank of California Stadium, hundreds of dollars, who am I going to go see? Why should anybody outside of this market pay attention to the MLS All-Star game? Why would anybody in Europe get up for this? Who? Who am I going to see? So there's... a. Major League Soccer is always big on making the game and making the league global, right? And we just saw the clips, many efforts uh, by bringing the most important clubs in the world, Atletico de Madrid, Manchester United, Real Madrid, to play Major League Soccer yeah. All-Stars. Now, this is a different approach because it's also part of the business to be in this relationship with Liga MX. So we don't know if this is going to be a yearly thing, if, if every MLS All-Star game will also be versus Liga MX All-Star, we don't know that. But for now, we do have to ask ourselves these questions. Who are the stars for this game? Well, if, do you're, you asking have one? Me, if you're asking me to pick a star from one of the teams... And we can go to, to the teams as well, okay. right? Which, which team has uh, the I'll, biggest star? Biggest star is Nani. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest global star right now in this function, in this game. It's Nani. It's a player who doesn't play anymore for the Portuguese national team, who hasn't featured in a huge club in quite some time, but has history. Manchester United. So people around the globe will know who he is, even if they don't consider him this crazy global star. He's the closest thing to star power you have in this game. So 
If I had asked you this question five years ago, even three years ago, yes, that would have been the right answer and I would have agreed with you. But considering what Major League Soccer is looking for right now, considering the market that is in play right now, the biggest star is Memo Ochoa. <laughs> Has to be Francisco Guillermo Ochoa. Wait a second. Are you telling me Memo Ochoa is a bigger star than Nani? So I'll tell you this. Uh, 25,000 fans at Bank of California Stadium, the most recognizable face during the game is Guillermo Ochoa. And if, and if Guillermo Ochoa and Nani face each other, I don't know, PK or something like that, people, more people will know who Memo Ochoa is than Nani. I can assure you that. Who outside of this market's gonna get up to see Memo Ochoa? I, I don't know, but that's, that, that's exactly why I'm saying for this specific game, where it's very clear that priority number one is the relationship, Major League Soccer, Liga MX is the biggest star, is Memo Ochoa. You could be right on that. Here's, here's my issue with if that's true. If that's true, you've created an, this all-star game and you've made it niche, you made something that's already niche even more niche. That's actually accurate, so, yes. So that's a terrible <laughs> way about going and, and trying to expand your global brand, which it just sends a confusing message if you're Major League Soccer, which I'm sure they're used to because, as you know, there's now this MLS All-Star rule with right. these players. So. Right. Um, it, is, it is a shame that we're not going to see Chicharito, Carlos Vela, André Pierre Gignac, Liga MX. Um, but considering what you said... There is a rule, right? It's not, I don't know if it's going to be enforced or not now that they are officially out, but we have El Trafico coming up. And Galaxy lost at home. LAFC, as we just mentioned, on a very bad streak. So uh, both managers will want their players to be available, but they're not going to be available for the. Okay, let's explain, game. Let's explain the rule. It came into attention recently with Slatan Ibrahimic. Slatan yeah, didn't want to play on turf. He misses the All Star game. They penalize him, and he doesn't play against Colorado the very next game. They end up losing. Slatan actually had this to say People are interested in different things. They lose on it. They said they lose on it. And for me, it doesn't matter. So he's talking about people are interested in different things. The priority for Major League Soccer right here is. These players, we need to sell this with these players. If they don't want to help us sell, they're not going to play the next game. Unfortunately, guess what the next game is? It's El Trafico. Exactly. Javier Hernandez, who's been battling the clock, battling injury for the last two-plus months, is now in a fight against time to try to get healthy for that game. Carlos Vela comes out injured in the 16th minute. Now he's a fight against time for that game. The two biggest stars the league has, the two biggest stars this rivalry has, a marquee rivalry in this league, will now not play because of this very dumb rule. I was just trying to make a quick, quick memory exercise. And I don't know if they have, if they have faced each other at any of El Trafico. Because last year, during um, the tournament in Orlando, Carlos Vela was not a part of that. And then Chicharito got hurt. And now this season, when they faced each other, they were also hurt. So Chicharito, I think he's been a part of just one, one game. He scored on that one, yes. Right? And they are the two biggest stars, especially for this market. So, again, we'll have to see what, what, what the league does in terms of enforcing, which, by the way, Greg Vanny was very vocal last Thursday saying it would be completely, it would be hard to understand if his player, who hasn't been available for the past 10 league games, was actually made available for the All-Star game. We already know 
that's not going to be the case. I imagine we won't see Carlos Vela nor Chicharito Hernandez yeah. part of these festivities and the skills challenge and part of the game. They won't be there to try to help you sell the league. I'm sure that's not going to be the case if you're going to penalize them that way, right? I'm guessing. <laughs> I'm guessing that's not going to be that's not going to be the case. But in any case, we're going to have to wait and see. All right, and we now welcome Tigres goalkeeper Nahuel Guzman. Nahuel Guzman with us like and uh, on Football Americas. Heard plenty to talk about with him. Yeah, we're going to do this. You're going to ask the questions in Spanish. Yes, sir. I will quickly John Sutcliffe style yes, translate sir. in English. So can you ask him? This, is, this game's got a lot of uh, attention grabbing right now. What will this MLS All-Star versus Liga MX game prove? Ok, Nahuel, te pregunto, Hércules, ¿qué va a probar dentro de la rivalidad que hay? Este juego entre Liga MX y Estrellas de la MLS. Bienvenido. Welcome to the show. Buenas tardes ahí para todos. Un placer poder estar, eh, poder compartir y, y poder ser parte de este, de este gran y hermoso evento. Eh, bueno, me da la sensación que más allá de lo que refleja y lo que representa la, la competencia en sí misma, eh, es un evento muy integrador, eh, es un evento que, que fomenta la, la integración entre dos de las, de las ligas que, que más crecimiento han tenido en el último tiempo eh, y seguramente eso se verá reflejado en el, en el encuentro de, del miércoles. Eh, es muy valioso eh, poder estar acá en lo personal y, y creo que... Eh, hay, hay mucho material para que sea un espectáculo, un lindo espectáculo en lo deportivo y, y en todo lo que representa el, el entorno. Así que, eh, bueno, en lo personal obviamente estoy, estoy orgulloso de, de ser parte, pero va a ser una, una linda competencia, una linda rivalidad. You know, he, he says that, uh, and personally, he's very proud to be part of this. Uh, Sporting-wise, it's going to be a very a nice competition for both, and a continued building relationship with what is the two leagues. Uh, you know, Mal, I've always wondered, he's such a good goalkeeper, and he's yep. a goalkeeper that always captivates people. Yep. We need people like that, figures like that in Major League Soccer. Does he see himself playing in Major League Soccer in the future? And if so, where? Eres, eres, una, eres una estrella, eres un arquero que cautiva, tienes mucha personalidad. Es algo de lo que pelea Major League Soccer por tener. ¿Te ves jugando en algún punto de tu carrera en la MLS? Bueno, muchas gracias por la invitación. Eh, cuando quieran. Eh, todavía estoy, estoy muy vigente, así que... Eh, la verdad que, que es una liga que, a ver, no es que lo diga yo, en el último tiempo eh, ha tentado eh, a muchísimos jugadores venir a, a, a la MLS. Entonces, no, no es algo nuevo, no es algo que yo vaya a descubrir. Y, y si hay algo que, que atrae también, eh, me ha tocado entrenar y, y estar en varios centros de, de entrenamientos y la verdad que, que, que ha crecido mucho en ese aspecto también, ha crecido muchísimo en lo estructural. Así que tengo muchos amigos jugando acá y, y sería, sería lindo la verdad, realmente sería, sería una linda experiencia eh, en lo profesional, en lo familiar, creo que que, que es eh, una liga que, que promete muchísimo crecimiento de cara al futuro también.
Well, Noel says thanks for the invitation. Uh, he's uh, obviously it's a very enticing league, not only for him personally, but for many other players. He says personally in the last few days he's been able to train the facility, something that he's been blown away by. And he said it, for him personally and competitively, it'd be something very uh, beautiful in his career. He also mentions uh, what the league has grown and how it continues to grow. Uh, you know, Mao, he's one of the few players that's been coached by legendary coaches in mm -hmm. Mexican League Soccer, especially in our era, El Tuca Ferretti and Miguel Herrera. Can you ask him, what's the biggest difference in being coached by these two? Por supuesto. Aquí viene la pregunta difícil, cortesía de Hércules Gómez, Nahuel Guzmán. Tú has sido dirigido por o entrenado por dos leyendas e instituciones del fútbol mexicano muchos años con El Tuca Ferretti y ahora Miguel Herrera. Si pudieras apuntar a una diferencia, una diferencia entre El Tuca Ferretti y Miguel Herrera, ¿cuál sería? Eh, me voy a orientar la respuesta tal vez a lo, a lo específicamente futbolístico y, y creo que tiene que ver con, con un aspecto tal vez eh, más eh, ofensivo o más profundo de, de Miguel, Miguel Herrera en cuanto a la llegada al arco rival, eh, la propuesta que, que a la que nos invitó él desde, desde, el, desde el minuto cero, desde que llegó a Tigres, es tal vez eh, intentar ser, ser más profundo, intentar que los pases entre líneas tengan sentido de, de ataque, o sea, sean realmente ofensivos, recibir a espalda de volantes para encarar directamente la última línea. Tal vez a diferencia de, del estilo que, que, que nos dio muchísimo resultado con Tuca, uh -huh. de circular más el balón, de ser dueños de la pelota, de tener la posesión. Eh, bueno, en este caso Miguel nos invita a esta propuesta, lo estamos trabajando, lo, eh, creo que lo vamos, lo vamos realizando a medida que va pasando el tiempo cada vez mejor. Así que me oriento por, por ese lado, eh, ojalá nos traiga los mismos resultados que, que nos dio you know, he talks about them trying to be uh, more vertical, trying to be more attack oriented, and uh, when the other uh, Tuca is more of a possession based uh, coach, it's very valuable right there. Uh, very quickly, we got to go, so I, we just got to find out yeah. who's going to win. Okay. Is it going to be Major League Soccer or is it going to be Liga MX? Nos quedan 10 segundos, Nahuel. ¿Quién gana? Pronóstico. ¿Quién va a ganar? ¿Liga MX o MLS? Liga MX, vamos, para eso vinimos, vamos, vinimos obviamente. a ganar. <laughs> That's why we're here, he said. We came to win. Eh, Nahuel Guzmán, thank you very much, my friend. Disfruta tus días aquí en Los Saludos, Ángeles y los Juegos. Hermano. Gracias. Muchas gracias. Nos vemos cuando venga la MLS. Eso es todo. Thank you, Nahuel Guzmán, for joining us on Football Americas. All right, and the action continues. What a game. Seattle Sounders. Versus Portland Timbers again? again. Again, they want some more. How many right. goals are we going to see during this match? Find out Sunday, 10:30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Also in Espanol and ESPN Deportes. Portland Thorns playing Olympique Lyon, Women's International Champions Cup. Morgan Weaver had five minutes. Coming up the bench and scoring the goal winner for Portland. That's what you call an impact sub, Mauricio. Uh, don't let this ball bounce, defender. Good little nice redirection here. Nice little control. Keeper kind of caught in no man's land. This touch is, is vile. It's critical, and it sets up the goal. Good finish. Yeah, they're on a roll. Third straight trophy for the team. Merritt Paulson and the Portland Thorns, they got something special going on. Yeah. And Olympique Lyon is one of the best teams in the world, by the way. Oh, oh, by the way. 
Congratulations, Portland Thorns, and another very well-earned victory. News coming out of Austin City Football Club. They have a new coach. Angel oh, City. Hey, Austin. Angel City. LA, buddy. Sorry, man. Sorry, man. It's just the A confuses me. Well, they have a new coach, and they have heard their first player. What a player. Oh, yeah. Christy Pretz. Christy Pretz. There's an announcement. I said a trade with Racing Louisville and... When you want to make an impact, right, as a new team around, that's exactly what you do. Christian you sign Press. Christian Press. Christian Press is one of the better U.S. women's national team players around. 32 years old, already a two-time World Cup winner, two-time Olympian, and coming back home to our hometown of L.A. That's right. That's right. Angel City Football Club. Let's go to our top 10, Herc. And we, what a way to start off our top 10. Look at this goal. This is Ashley Harris. Look at this little finish right here. It's left foot in, cuts her up, and then boom! Wow. Drops a bomb on the goalkeeper. Nothing the goalkeeper can do. Throw a glove at it if you want. You're not reaching that. You're not catching that. Can't yep. touch it. Like shaking off the defender. And then an amazing finish. Yes, to the squirt. Number nine, Albert Rushnak. Albert Rushnak, by the way, played in the Euros recently. And... Uh, Look at this finish. Wow. This is difficult for a forward to have to come back on it. So he holds his run, comes back to it, and then unleashes it. Unleashes it. <laughs> William Yarbrough is having a very good season. Yep. Nothing he can do about this one. Ruznak with the goal. Number eight, Yuki Nagasato. Look at what the production gave us. Scoring a la Cuauhtémoc Blanco. Launching feet first in a very complicated maneuver. To the finish well, she, versus Bayern Munich, by the way. She gets a very awkward finish on this. It's like an in-step finish and puts it in the wow. off the crossbar and in. She's even surprised by it, but it's a golazo. Do you remember Koutemok's goal versus Belgium? I do, that, was, that was outside the foot, right? Yep. Adam Buxa goes to the ground, no problem. Recovers himself and then the small dribble. And a good finish. This is the rope-a-dope. Like, I'm hurt. I I I'm on the ground. Whoa. Nope. Look, Whoa. they stop. And Whoa. then between two players, nice little drag across the defender. Look at this. Drags it with the left, in with the right, oh, and then just a simple finish. That was filthy. Adam Buska, number seven. Our top ten. Football America's number six. Robbie Robinson. You mentioned him before. Uh, great display. Speed. Control. Attractive defender. Goodbye. Number one draft pick in Inter-Miami history. And now he's gonna be called up by Chile for the World Cup qualifiers. Comes out of nowhere and we have another dual national situation. What he will do, I do not know. What Greg Berhalter would do, that is your guess, but a player yeah. to keep an eye on. Omar Gonzalez still looking for Robbie Robinson. Number five, Ashley Sanchez. Shaking Boom. up the defender. And to the square. It's a dirty finish. I like the celebration, by the way. Look at the touch. And it comes in, boom, oh. left foot, and then right foot, oh. boom, in between. What are you going to do? Can't do anything to you the keeper. How many goals did you score from outside the box? Quite like a few. Quite, quite a few, a few. Yeah? Ne never, never looking stylish like this, though. Like, no. She hits it with some force. Yeah, that's why I asked the question. I don't remember. And I watched every single goal you scored, well, by you the way. Well, you should know, then. Every single one. Oh, well, OK. All, all the three goals you scored. Quinn Sullivan. 
He only scores golazos, Herc. He only scores bangers. 17-year-old Quinn Sullivan. Is he still 17? I don't know. A month ago he was, and a month ago he dropped a bicycle kick in his debut. Now it's just a banger. Like, what do you do oh. if you're the goalkeeper? He literally didn't even clap. dive. He gave it the eyes. Give him the eyes. Give him the eyes. No, you clap. I mean, you got you, you to stop doing what you do and just congratulating your rival and scoring an amazing goal. That's what you do. Number three. And here we go. Rodolfo Pizarro, he's back, man. He is back. It uh, looks it looks easy, right? But it's subtle. Look at the touch he gives the it? defender. <laughs> Look at the subtle little touch he gives the defender. Look at David Max. likes him. Look at Max. Max likes it. And then, <laughs> boom. Nice little chip. But it's the control. It's the control. He brings it down. Cinch can't do anything about it. Goalkeeper comes out. Let me just chip you. It's my second of the night. And the Joker, está feliz. So are Neville and Pizarro friends again? <laughs> I don't say that. I mean... He'll be my friend if I was his manager and he scored like that. Lucho Solignac. Oh, what is that? What? Wow. Is this number two, Basso. by the way? Is this number Basso. two? What is this? A la Slatan, a la Giroud, yeah. a la Bakil, a la... Look, a no-looker. He gave him the no-look. This is dirty. Oh, man. This is sorcery. What a finish. And this was number two because number one is this, Jacqueline Garcia. Look at the bicycle kick. Long cross and then the celebration a la Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, that was a thing of beauty, Herc. No, 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 no. That's lo que le sigue a beauty. That's like the next <laughs> level of beauty. That is a ridiculous finish. Wow, this was a fantastic top 10 party shot. Major League Soccer Players Association announcing a partnership with Konami eFootball. Players will appear in the licensed video game franchise. I was actually the other day around the Konami studios. They're amazing, they're fantastic. Look at Jonah posing for okay. his player image. If you don't know what eFootball is, it's formerly PES. Exactly. That's Pro Evolution Soccer. You've all played this game. The artist formerly known as this is where you couldn't find Juventus because it was Torino. Now you're going to have the actual MLS players in this game. I hope they got compensated. I hope my guys got compensated. Oh, they did. They did. They did. This is Player Association. Um, how many times did you play with your own character? I wasn't big. I was, I was more on the training field. I wasn't big in playing video games. And you? when I did, I played Halo. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Uh, on Thursday, we will have an extensive El Trafico preview. Is Sebastián Salazar back? Yeah. We got to cover what happened. Because I'm on vacation, so I know who's joining you. Don't lose too much money in Las Vegas. <laughs> I will try not to. Uh, thank you for joining us. Remember, the podcast and all available platforms, Football Americas, you can find us anywhere. And you find us every Monday and Thursday here on ESPN+. Plus. For Hercule Gomez, Mauricio Pedrosa, the whole crew, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. I'll see you at All-Stars. Uh, that's right. Herc will be there because he's an All-Star. Our All-Star right here on Football Carlos. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI 
to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.